final episode of the season of the Dogs Gotta Eat podcast. I am your host, Phil, and I am joined by my co-host, Sean. Sean, how are you? I'm all right. It's very cold here. Um, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, it's getting colder, too. What is it? We got a winter weather advisor, which sucks ass. Yeah, I was just I was just out at uh, Crocker Park uh, before, like, about a couple hours before we did this, and um, I went to Rally House to, buy, to pick up the one thing I ordered online and ended up spending more money than I thought I would. Um, but for our listeners, like anyone that's in like the like the Northeast Ohio area, Rally House is a great store. It's like they have a bunch of merchandise, like all Cleveland based. They even have like they even have colleges like you obviously Ohio State stuff, but they also have Dayton, Cleveland State, Cincinnati, which is pretty much. No, I, I boycott uh, Rally House because they have John Carroll and not BW. Okay. And I know that um, well, I, and I know that Z's wife is also not a fan of Rally House from what my brother told me. He took a picture. Uh, I, I, I shot at Rally House one day and then went over to my brother's house and he took a picture of my receipt and like showed it or sent it to Sarah because I guess Sarah is also boycotting Rally House for some reason. Oh, I actually do like Rally House a lot. It's an awesome place. You can get like good stuff there, but I just think it's funny that they have like the one random small yeah. school is John Carroll. I guess he, I guess he said it had something to do with like her like their refund policy that like she couldn't that like they I guess they washed the shirt and it like the color changed and she tried to take it back. Like, I don't know. Oh, um, I mean that's gonna be any place. Any place is gonna have a refund. Like that's that is funny. Like that's exactly how a small place would be. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you wash this? Nah, now nah, we need yeah. to get it back now. It's awesome. Like, they have like, it's like, they have a bunch of like name brand stuff. Like, Nike, mm-hmm. like, you, I can even find some Cleveland State stuff, which you don't really see other other than like the Cleveland State bookstore. Yeah. Or like the, or, or uh, Stephen Berry's back in the day. Oh, dude, Stephen Berry's are awesome. Like, they used to, they were like the only place you could go that sold like the Starberry shoes. I remember yep. I got a pair of Starberry shoes from, uh, the Stephen Berries I was out. I can't remember where it was. Maybe Westlake or something. But, um, but yeah, like I have, a, I think I have a couple sweaters still that I don't wear anymore. But that were initially bought at Stephen Berries. I had a Stephen Berries. Now this just shows I, I was at the time a Duke fan. But remember their pleather jackets that they had, where the sleeves were one color and the rest of it was another color. Yeah, I think so. I, I had a Duke one. It was funny because you're like, "Oh, it's I have a leather jacket." And you're like, "It's twenty bucks. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> no way this is real. They're god awful and ugly, but they're just hilarious." Yeah, I, I miss Stephen Berry's. They were still like, I guess, online for a little bit, and then, I guess, who would have thought that the business plan of selling everything for like ten bucks would have gone out the window real quick? Well, and well, and my problem is like, and and I'm sure my brother will give me shit for this when he listens to this, or if he jumps on, I don't really care. So like, if I go to buy like, like Nike obviously does like when they come out with like college team stuff, like they come out with them for a lot of teams. So my problem is like, if I find something really nice and I get it, like for it, like I was down in Chapel Hill, over the so if I find something down there that, that that's a North Carolina type shirt. I look for like the Ohio State version of it too, because I want to have like the Ohio State version of it too, because yeah. it's like nice stuff. So I so I run into that problem a lot. Obviously, it's harder to find North Carolina stuff up here, so a lot of it more is online or when I go down there. But they have Ohio State stuff, so like that's my that's now it's a it's probably a stupid problem to have. And my brother will say that I I'm a fan of every team on the face of the earth, but I but that happens. Like I'll buy I'll like I bought a Carolina like 
one of the like, basketball specials on there, and I wanted the Ohio State version of it. So, like, I was shopping online to see if I could find it. That's not that crazy considering, like, Ohio State basketball isn't as prominent as North Carolina. Like, well, right. So there's there's probably a large amount of people who do the same thing, but do it with Ohio State and Duke or mm-hmm. Ohio State and Syracuse or something like that. Yeah. Where like it's not. But obviously, fo- my brother doesn't, and he will give and he refuses to give me shit about being a fan of multiple teams because he talks about it all the time. But um, but no, I mean, and and I and I would argue that like if anybody that does it, I mean, my fandom for both schools is pretty legitimate team that I've, yes. I've seen at least one North Carolina game in person almost every single year. Yeah, you go. So like yours is and you know, you know about the team. You're not just like, oh, yeah, I root for this team, but I don't know anything about them. Like, I just enjoy to watch. That's yeah, my right. team. Yeah. So well, I, I found that like being up, being up in this area, like you get if you find like a lot of like if there, if there's Duke fans in this area, that's 100 percent how they are. That's yeah. 100% how Duke fans are. Oh, yeah. In, in our area. Well, and too, it's like Duke is Duke is the equivalent of the Yankees, and Ohio State is kind of one of those like equivalent to like the Yankees, where you have a lot of people who don't know a lot, but they're like, oh, mm-hmm. Ohio State's good. They had this good player. I'll just root for them. The Yankees. Well, plus, like, Lakers. plus you get like four, like, there's like my brother always jokes about it. there's like four Ohio State basketball fans total. Yeah. And I'm four. Yeah, there's but there's not like there's like four diehard ones who remember everybody and been to every game. Like, oh yeah, for sure, yeah. right? No, um, but so this will be the last episode of the season. Uh, we should the fingers crossed. I mean, the plan is to come back again for next season, but we wanted to wrap everything up, go over everything, go over some off season stuff. Um, so the Browns finish eight and nine, third place. Oh, sorry, can I, sorry. Can I make, yeah. like, I don't want to have to talk about it. I just want to make a statement here for everybody. Like, and again, my brother, the leading Twitter probably was a good idea for, for what he did. For anybody that wanted to make a comment when he made a statement about like how well he's excited back for anybody that's talking about that he didn't, uh, didn't mention Browns fans specifically. Shut the fuck up, like, yeah. You, like you're just picking at straws now. Just stop. Just stop that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, and that is one thing. Like I was gonna touch on it. The people who are diving into, well, he didn't say this about the Browns, and he didn't thank Browns fans. Look, I, if I was him right now, I wouldn't be thanking anybody other than the people who were wishing me well wishes, teammates, like, and make it as general as possible. One, he probably just got out of surgery. And did not know really what was going on. They're like, well, you need to release this video because people are thanking you. There's no reason to look into dumb shit. Like people are going to because I think everybody wants to root against Baker right now. And not everybody, but there is a large portion of Browns fans who want to root against him because it's the thing to do. And well, we didn't win and we were going to win the Super Bowl and it's Baker's fault we didn't win the Super Bowl. Well, maybe it's the fact that your defense sucked at the beginning of the year, or maybe it's the fact that your wide receivers can't get separation, or maybe it's the fact that when you could run the ball, you chose not to run the ball. Like there's a thousand different reasons why this team didn't perform the way they should have. It's not just one person, but because it's Cleveland and there's so much hate with quarterbacks. They're going to jump on that. And people just jumped on him right away and read into things that you don't need to read into. So I agree. If you're, if you're reading into it and thinking there's something more than just a guy making a video, thinking people you're a dumbass and you're looking, you're, you're creating a narrative. That's not there. 
No, it's and it's so yeah, right. It's so stupid. Yeah. Like, so like just the fact that it even has to be talked about is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't get it. There's there's somebody I follow on Twitter uh, who like posts Brown spaces like almost every single day. He annoys the piss out of me because he's a big time like reading into everything and like making the eyeball emojis, all this dumb shit. It's there's nothing to read into it. We won't talk about it. The other thing we I, I don't really want to talk about is the Malik McDowell thing because it's kind of a weird situation. <laughs> it's. I, yeah, he, the dude was a ticking time bomb, man. Yeah, and look, it's evident. Like, I'm not saying that what he was doing was okay by any means. And I disavow whatever was going on, but it's pretty evident the guy has mental health issues. Like, this isn't an Antonio Brown situation. Antonio Brown's a dick. Like, Malik McDowell clearly has something that's going on in his life that's causing this to happen. You hope he gets help. It sucks because he was awesome this year, and I loved Malik McDowell all year long. Um, but it's pretty evident that he needs to get help. You saw the same thing with um, not Daniel Hunter, but um, the player from the Vikings that had the same kind of thing. Like a what was it? Everson Griffin. Yeah, Everson Griffin, who had the same thing. Like it happens. Mental health is something that. They're talking about more, but I don't want to get into like all the pieces and parts of like, oh, what does it mean for the Browns? I, it, that's not what's important. So I'm not going to go into it. Um, but Browns finished eight and nine, third place in the division. Um, one recap on the division. So when we did the predictions at the beginning of the year, I. So, Sean, you had the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers all making the playoffs. Uh, Chris had the Browns and Ravens. I had the Browns and Steelers, but I win because I had this, the Ravens finishing last and the Ravens finished last. So my crazy predictions at the beginning of the year, that was half truth and half me just making a hot take worked out. So, um, that gives the Browns next year, a third place schedule. So outside of playing the NFC, uh, NFC South and what's the other division we play the AFC East. I think. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also play the Chargers, the Washington football team, whichever their name is going to be. And where's the other one at? Who was the other third team we play? The Texans. The Texans. Yeah. Yep. So those are the three teams you play. People are complaining because, oh, why would – people were mad that they won at the end because they wanted to play a different schedule. They wanted to play the fourth-place teams. Whatever. Who cares? Like, it doesn't really matter. You're splitting hairs at that point because you I don't mean, really know. Now, but <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Granted, playing the Giants – like, playing the Giants and the Jaguars – it would be nice to play, like to play those teams instead of instead of matching up with the um, Eagles and the Texans. But yeah, I I, I get your point. Yeah, like it, it feels. Washington. Yeah, it feels better, but you don't know because look at you played the the Patriots this year in a third place schedule and they were good. So I don't yeah. think those fourth place teams are going to be good, and I really don't think any of these third place teams are going to make a huge jump outside of. Um, 
outside of the Chargers being a good team in general, but um, you see a lot of teams you played already, so it's nothing too crazy. But um, going into the offseason, some things I wanted to touch on. So in as the season ended, there was the the closing statements and everything like that from players and all that kind of stuff. But um, a couple things that stood out. So the first one was a big narrative that was talked about was team togetherness. Um, I saw um, John Johnson talk about this, wanting to do like team yoga things. You saw a lot of defensive players talking about team togetherness, that there was no team togetherness. And hearing that now, I'll ask you, how much do you think that that ended up being a big impact on this team's performance all year? If it does seem like this team, not, I don't want to say didn't get along, but just wasn't, wasn't like a brotherhood that you see on other teams. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, that's such a hard thing to determine when you're on the outside. Like, we have no idea what's going on in that locker room week in and week mm-hmm. out, but um, I mean, once you traded, once you traded back on, it's not like you have a bunch of like egos other than like Landry to a certain extent. And maybe, maybe you can put Mayfield in that, but, um, but like Nick Chubb never said anything like Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Miles Garrett, like those guys don't ever say anything. Um, so that's such a hard thing to judge. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's like the organization's job to bring everything together. So regardless of how it is like whatever like you still have to go in like look at Aaron look at Aaron Rodgers and the Packers like yeah, he now, <laughs> granted he, he Aaron Rodgers hates the entire Packers organization anybody that's not physically on the field with him but Packers have been able to make it work yeah. so that I think that only hangs true to a certain extent so it's such a hard thing when games that are on the field and and the Browns yeah, and I think I think what he could have easily been talking about was regarding the defense at the beginning of the year because he did like there was no real like dive into what he was talking about, and I think you could say that at the beginning of the year maybe that did have something to do with how the defense performed. Um, I agree; it doesn't have to be like a big you know brotherhood kind of thing. Like I've got your back, I like. I'll look out for you. Offensive defense are essentially two separate teams for the most part. Um, but I will say that I think that it, it does kind of make sense on some of the comments that you saw um, during press conferences, and stuff like that. I think that there was kind of a disconnect from a lot of players. Um, and it may have been because you just added a bunch of new dudes and they didn't really know each other that well. And it was getting a lot used to. So you do see that kind of stuff in first seasons. So it's nothing too crazy. Um, other comments you saw, the offensive line, uh, and big time back of Baker. Um, Wyatt Teller had some comments saying, you know, he loves Baker. Joel Bentonio saying the same thing. Your two best linemen, um, big time backers of Baker. Um, so the idea that there was a rift in the locker room, I don't know if – well, there was that there was that stupid report that came out at the like during the last game about how like I don't it was like some kind of sign or something that was changed to like um uh, I can't even remember what it was now. My friend my friend David sent it to me. It had something oh, to do with like at the club, yeah, and Akron it said like 
early vacation thanks six yeah thank you yeah. thank you it was that and people were trying to say that that like that was players who who put that in because because Mayfield opted to play not to play in that last game and he opted to get surgery early like like again like are you fucking kidding me yeah that, like we think that we think that that was the players that made that note like it's, it's exhausting at this point but no that wasn't the players why the hell would they care that Mayfield wanted to get surgery He'd be back quicker towards next season and stuff in a game that they won anyway and didn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like I saw that too. And like, people were like, no, you would never guess the Browns player that this was. I was like, yeah, cause it's not a Browns player. It's not a fucking Browns player. Why one, why would a Browns player at the end of the season be at a club in Akron? That doesn't make any sense. They are the hell out of here. The minute the season ends, because there's nothing tying them here anymore Two, Why would they put that? It's 2022. Like, like you're telling me that somebody just took a picture of the sign but didn't have, like, a player sitting by it or anything like that. Like, no. It's another thing, like you said, it's the same thing with the video. The people who hate Baker and have this reasoning behind it are going to look into it. It's the same people that see what OBJ is doing on the Rams and go, well, look at what's happening. What, he's doing the same exact thing he did in Cleveland? There's just a different guy throwing him the ball. And because they're the LA Rams, they're on TV more and you're seeing it more. Huh? Who would have thought that's why this is. And he has, he's taking coverage away or there's coverage being taken away from him because Cooper cup is one of the best receivers in the NFL. And he's the third guy on that team. So yeah, he's going to get more catches and get more open opportunities. And and would be the third option if, if Robert Woods didn't tear his ACL. Yeah. So it's the same people that are doing that. So it's all, it's all stupid. You you also saw, uh, you know, Barry and Stefanski coming out saying they're backing Baker. And then again, you had everybody on social media pulling up the quotes of people saying, Oh, we're backing Carson Wentz. The Eagles saying they had Carson Wentz back. Um, All the instances, I can't remember other ones where, um, they were saying like, "Oh yeah, he's our guy." The 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 one the one that started that made the round the most was fucking Cliff Kingsbury about Josh Rosen. Yeah, Josh Rosen. Yeah, and yes, and they're I, like that. I actually, I think I actually tweeted that. So we're comparing we're, we're comparing a guy who's known as a bust to everybody and a team that got that literally had the first round the first overall pick in the next draft in a, in a class where everybody knew that like, that, like it was going to be Murray that was taken. Like we're comparing that to this situation. I'm like, this is, yeah, this is- like it, it's, it's, they're not comparing players, but you can't compare the same situation. Like it's not the same situation at all. And it was just another thing where it's the perpetual thing. Yes. Look, We'll talk about it in a second here on your options for the offseason as far as quarterback goes. But why would Stefanski and Barry come out and say what what is what's what are, what are they supposed to say? What is the benefit of saying, well, we're gonna explore all the options? Why? You have a guy who was hurt and who was under contract. So what are you gonna do? Say, oh, well, you know what? We're going to explore all our options. And then he comes back pissed off and then say, you don't get anything because there's no guarantee on any of these guys that people are saying are going to be available. 
even if, but even if they're, even if they're going to work on stuff behind the scenes, like what are, what are Stefanski and Barry supposed to say right now? Yeah, of course, of course, they're back to quarterback because they, what are like, they're not going to say, oh yeah, yeah, we're, we already got a trade in the works. Like look at what happened with Brian Flores with the whole Watson situation mm-hmm. with two and now granted Flores was like fired anyway, but obviously for different things, but look at how much people just went fucking nuts when, when Flores, all he did, all Flores did in that interview was to uh, acknowledge Tua at like refused to shut down the rumors that that Watson was potentially in play. Yeah. So what else were Stefanski and Barry supposed to say? Yeah, and you're not going to say anything when nothing's a guarantee. Like, hey, this is the guy that's on your roster. That is exactly what a good franchise does. Is a good franchise sits there and says this is our guy. We're going to back him and we're going to support him and whatever his off season workouts are. And we're going to see, and we're going to try to build, like they're not going to come out and say, Hey, well, yeah, we need to make a change because there's no change out there. That's a guarantee. And now you've killed any leverage you have in a trade because if people know you're desperate, then they're, they're going to hike up everything on you. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, the people who are coming out and saying, well, Andrew Barry needs to do this to save his job. That doesn't make any sense. Like Stefanski and Barry's job are not on the line next year because a good ownership will look at it and say, okay, well, Stefanski took us to the playoffs and did the best he could with an injured roster. And Andrew Barry has brought a ton of guys here and made really team friendly contracts with a lot of these guys. So why would we get rid of them when the quarterback's easy to go? It's a one-year deal. Like the people freaking out about it and saying that that's wrong, that they backed him are, are the people who call into sports talk radio and say, well, I've been a Browns fan since the drive and, and the fumble and like have to give their resume because they think because they've watched so much football, they know about football. Like, yeah, I've watched a bunch of football, but I'm also a normal person that can look at a situation and step back and say, yeah, that makes sense that they're going to back the guy that they signed. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to back the guy who's who you're paying. You're still paying the dude. Like, it's not like they haven't picked it up. You're still paying him next year. So, yeah, you're going to back him and have his back because he's your quarterback because you don't have anybody else and you don't have a guarantee in anybody. So, it's, it's another thing that has made – the point that me and your that Chris make all the time is that, look, I know who we make this podcast for, and I know who listens to it. They're Browns fans. But in reality, Browns fans are some of the dumbest fans in the world, and they have been hurt so many times that now it's just made them dumb in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying all Browns fans, but there are a lot of dumb Browns fans who just sit there and complain about every little thing and then think that they're entitled to, to everything. You would have thought that the Browns were like told, Hey, you're going to the AFC championship game this year. Like it is your God given right that you get to go this year by the way that people were freaking out. So, um, another couple things, uh, and Joku said he wants to come back, which is cool. Says he loves it here. Um, we've both agreed, I think, when we talked about it, that Njoku, I would rather have Njoku. Yeah, here. I mean, cut cut Hooper for whatever. 
like just eat the three million or whatever it is and and make it your number one your number yeah one. yeah hooper uh i believe it is after june 1st if you cut him it is only three million um but i mean that gives you a lot of time to seek out a trade um in the offseason and everything so see what you can do there i get the feeling you're not gonna be able to dump hooper for that contract so I think, uh, but regardless like he should not be on the roster next season no, and it sucks. I, he, I, so bad behind the scenes stuff. Um, I don't know if I ever told you with Devin's work. Uh, Hooper is a big part of that. He's done a lot of stuff with with her work. He is a really good dude. Um, it sucks because I know like how much he's given and how much he's done, but it it just hasn't been. It's not that it's not a good fit. He just hasn't played well. And it's not because he's not in the right spots or anything like that. He really is built for this offense. He's just – it just hasn't worked out the way it was working out in Atlanta. Um, and maybe you find a spot for him. Maybe you find a team who's like, hey, maybe we restructure this deal and you know trade him for like a fourth or fifth round pick, whatever. Um, you get picks where you can get him. But, yeah, I would prefer Njoku come back. Um, so we'll see. He wants to come back, so that's always a good thing. Um, the last thing, and this is just because, um, I heard it, uh, Jonathan Vilma after the Bengals Browns game, he called that game, obviously. Um, he was on Ryan Rosilla's podcast and he said some pretty huge things about Miles Garrett. Um, basically said Miles Garrett would be his vote for defensive player of the year, uh, because he said, well, JJ Watt makes flashier plays overall miles garrett is a better player run and pass wise and you look at i mean you look there's like while watt has the league sacks like he's middle of the pack in like a bunch of defensive metrics like uh, he's either like like 30 or 40 in a lot of different Mm -hmm. i don't three times but a lot of defensive like run stop rate stuff like that like he's he's like middle of the pack whereas yeah, whereas Garrett probably is higher up. So, it, it, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever. It's a, it's a meaningless award. It's either going to go to T.J. Watt, who now the Steelers unfortunately made the playoffs, but then just got just got embarrassed, or the Browns, who had an embarrassing season, and it's a meaningless award to go to Miles Garrett. Yeah. The other thing that he said that I thought was really uh, uh, pretty cool to hear was he compared him to LeBron. So in saying that the way LeBron is a physical freak on the basketball court, LeBron may not be the best at everything, but physically he is a better athlete than anybody else who has ever stepped on the court. He said that about miles saying that miles may be physically the greatest athlete to ever play football because of the size he has, the speed he has, and he's like, he's doing things that I've never seen a human being be able to do on a football field at his size. So it obviously is a good thing. Your best player in your team getting that high of praise. Um, and I think there are people who say that, oh, you know, hey, the sack numbers weren't there. But when you've got guys on who played football, played similar positions saying, hey, this guy is the best defensive end in football and it's not even close it makes you feel good that you got the guy locked up for a while. So that was just something cool to, that was interesting that he said to hear, like get paired to LeBron as always. Yeah. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's ever going to argue that too. Um, 
and it's like it's disappointing sometimes watching the game, knowing that like like what like I guess it kind of goes back to what you're talking about with like flashier plays where like you'll watch uh, like if if the Steelers game's on like T.J. Watt will just will disrupt the play that's not just a sack like like the like the in the first quarter against the Chiefs like yeah that's yeah. But when when Mahomes was going to throw the ball across his body, like and was able to tip that ball, like you don't get that a ton with Garrett. But obviously, it sounds like more like in the trench stuff. He's probably doing better, and obviously, he did, he did, he draws so much attention to himself um, when it comes to like blocking and stuff like that. But I think that's. But I I think we're probably saying that because we watch every single Browns game from first quarter yeah. from start to finish. Um, and it's probably it's obviously hard to make an impact that meant like that much. Yeah, and defensively, when you look at it too, like defense is I want to say seventy percent right place, right time, and a lot of those plays, like the, his touchdown was right place, right time. Like anybody can make that play. It's just you were right there. Your guy felt he didn't realize the ball was on the ground. Like that is another thing. So, um, but. That kind of ends all the odd, like not off season stuff, but like end of the season stuff. Um, so I'm realizing, I'm realizing how, like, if I if I were to take the first episode of the recording, just how absolutely dejected, like my my tone has gotten, like for this last episode, like I'm just dejected. The season has made everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were those first like four episodes. We were excited. We were ready to go, and I mean, we got beat down. It happens. Like we said, there are viable excuses you can point to at times. Like if you look at the teams that made the playoffs, if we don't, if 90% of the team is get COVID, we beat the Raiders. If one stop against the Chargers, we beat the Chargers, you're in the playoffs. Like these are, these are things that happen where you can look at exact times and you can point to injuries and stuff like that and say, hey, it sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so going into the offseason, there's we'll talk QB options. So one, obviously, the one A is Baker comes back, fifth year option, he gets surgery, comes back healthy. There is a list of quarterbacks and starting to grow a little bit, I would say, um, of who may be available. So we'll start with the first one and I'll get your take on and see what you think. The Las Vegas Raiders uh, got rid of their GM, are looking at obviously getting a new head coach. There's no say who it's going to be. God, please don't let it be Harbaugh. Um, but I, I don't I don't know what's going on there. But the talk is Derek Carr and the last year of his contract. Uh, reports are that his decision is going to be made or their decision on Carr is going to be made a lot around who the head coach is and who the GM is that they bring in. He's also heavily looking at that and weighing his options towards the future. Um, so he is out there. The, they're also saying that if you're going to get Derek Carr, it's going to be a first-round draft pick you have to give up for him. So that's obviously a huge thing. But we'll just go into improvement or not improvement, Derek Carr. Do you and we can look at like what it would cost, obviously. Do you see Derek Carr as a realistic option? I mean, he's probably a slight he probably has a slight improvement over Mayfield, but I don't want to have to give up a first round pick for him when we need receivers in a mm-hmm. wide like in a really good wide receiver class. And 
and you're still like 13 isn't a terrible spot to be picking from. No, and I agree. And I would say the other thing that goes into it too is if Michael Gallup and Chris Godwin don't have torn ACLs and their availability at the beginning of the year is in question, I say it's a little bit more of an option, but because the two guys that I think you really had the best shot at signing in the offseason as far as free agent wide receivers may not be ready at the beginning of the season, makes it even tougher. I think he is a good improvement. I think at his best, Derek Carr could be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Um, it's just putting it all together and being in the right situation. Um, and he's only got one year left, which scares me too. Um, because yeah, there's no right. guarantee that he resigns and maybe he wants to go somewhere else, something like that. Um, Kirk cousins. So GM, same situation, GM and coach are out Kirk cousins. Now they're saying that they're going to clean house, start over Kirk cousins. I think has been the one that's been talked about the most because of his connection with Stefanski. Um, likely you're not going to have to give up a first round pick for him. Um, so it really comes down to is Kirk Cousins an improvement over a healthy Baker Mayfield? I think we talked. We, I mean, we talked about that last week. Or yeah. Two weeks ago. I mean, I probably, and especially like in the office, obviously with the with with the um, with his familiarity with Stefanski, but I I I would be sad if we did that. Yeah, it's it's not an exciting trade, and there's I think, I think I think Cousins is an improvement consistently, but I think you're not overly guaranteeing yourself long term success because there's no guarantee that you're gonna have like it's not saying hey we're going to for sure make the AFC Championship and Super Bowl. Like you're probably saying, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs. And I think with a healthy Baker, healthy Baker Mayfield, you're going to make the playoffs as well. But how much are you really saying we're going to make it this much further? And that's the question is, are you willing to give up trade ass or picks to get that? Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance in San Francisco. They're probably going to look to move on. He is playing well. So the trades, the trade, the what you're going to have to trade for him just went up a little bit. But what are your feelings on Jimmy G? I, 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 I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I think that Mayfield is a better quarterback when he's healthy than Garoppolo. And I get it that Jimmy Garoppolo went to a Super Bowl, but he threw the ball a total of like 26 times, two out of those three games in, in that Super Bowl run. Yeah, the one playoff game he threw what nine times? Nine, he was yeah, he was like seven for nine. Yeah, I would say this: Jimmy G is the same quarterback as Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. like when they're playing averagely. You saw it at the end of the Cowboys game; he almost blew the game by making bad throws. So I don't think it's worth it there. Um, Russell Wilson, I think we've both agreed, is not a realistic option. He doesn't want to come here. I see the report saying, oh, we have all the trade assets for him. He's not going to want to come here. For him, for Russell Wilson right now, it's not about winning. It's about building a brand, um, I think, off the field. So the other option is is the free agent quarterback. So I wrote down four, 
and I'm going to make you pick one. And I think you bring, not to bring it as a starter, but I think you bring this guy in as the backup just to see. So, you, so Trubisky would be your guy. Yep. I don't think he'd come in as a backup because I think he's going to go back, but I would bring in Jameis Winston. Who are the, who are the, nah. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitch Trubisky. Those are the Gross. four big ones. Gross. Yeah. There's people who want them as the starter. There's people who have said they want Teddy Bridgewater in. No, I, I, my friend David is a big bring James Winston to Cleveland and have him be the starter. I love James Winston, ironically. I think that he's hilarious. I think the fact that he threw for 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions is one of the greatest seasons of all time because it's hilarious to see what he did. But I don't think. He's, and then people are people are trying to use the fact that now he has LASIK as the reason why he's going to be so good. I think he's definitely going to be better because I think he legitimately couldn't see. I think he was blind at times on the field. But I I don't think that Jameis Winston is a, a fantastic quarterback. I just think it would be hilarious to have him here because it would just be fun to watch at times. Um. But I think we both agree, realistically, you bring Baker back. Maybe you do bring one of these guys in. I think signing Mitch is a good idea. I think bringing Mitch in as a backup is a really good idea because it adds a little bit of competition boost because it's a younger guy who had had success, whether you want to put that to whatever it was. But he did make the playoffs twice. Um, and put it to that and say, hey, Baker's our guy, but now we have a young backup who nobody's going to hate because he's from here. We've said this before. So I think that's your most realistic option. I think we both agree on that. Um, so let's is go into the draft. Keenum's not under contract next season, is he? No, I don't believe so, no. Okay. So, and two, I think you get rid of him just giving the money and try to bring somebody in. Or, I mean, just give Mitch the same money and say whatever. Um, so going to the draft. So Browns have the 13th pick. Um, I think it's a good spot to be in because you're not – I mean, it's not – we talked about this before. Losing the last game really didn't matter um, either way and cost new position or anything like that. But 13th pick overall. Now, there have been some developments since the last time we were on. Uh, Jamison Williams tore his ACL. So that is obviously going to change things a little bit as far as where he gets drafted. Um, going to where's my mouse? Pro Football Focus um, as of January third. So this would have been at before the national championship game when he got hurt. Uh, their big board has Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams. Drake London, Chris Olave. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Their their big board has their big board has Garrett Wilson, but I'm an Ohio State. I'm an Ohio State homer. Yes, Trey. I think we both. I mean, yeah, he is the best one out of it. Most of them had him at the highest. Um, and then uh, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, John Mechie, uh, and then everybody else. You're kind of those are guys you're not going to even look at. So. Um, one thing I'll have to, cause I know, I know the draft is something that you look at a lot. something you enjoy, um, as well as I do. I do like watching. Might actually, might actually be in Vegas for this year's word. Pretty cool. Like, I think I talked about that. How look how we actually go to Vegas. For it. It's cool. Like it's something I didn't go when, when it was in Cleveland, which sounds dumb, but it was also 
I mean, I during either. COVID and dumb shit. But I think going to a draft would be cool to see. Um, but so looking at those receivers, obviously Jamison Williams is going to drop. One guy I want to ask you about is Drake London. So kind of came out of nowhere. For a lot of people who don't watch, I'll be honest, I didn't know a ton about him. He's a big dude, uh, six foot five, 210 pounds. He had 88 catches for a hundred over a thousand yards. And he won, he won Pac 12 player of the year, even though he only played through mid October. Yeah, he played eight games. Um, I think when you looked at there was one game between two games, he had like 32 receptions for like I think it was like 400 something yards. He's a big dude. What do you think about him versus Garrett Wilson? Because I think those well, are the two guys you're going to look at. What do you? How do you see those two compared yeah, to each other? I, I disagree with you there. I, I think that Burks is going to be looked at as well. Um, I think it's going to be probably one of those three guys. I mean, you look at Mel Kuyper's, Kuyper's uh, Bach draft. He had the Browns taking Garrett Wilson. Dane Brugler, who is the draft expert for the Athletic had the Browns taking Traylon Burks over Drake London. Um, I think that when it comes to those guys, Garrett Wilson is obviously a different player. Garrett Wilson is a more of a Stephon Diggs build. He's more 6'1", six, six um, but he's got speed. Garrett Wilson's route running is outstanding. His hands are outstanding. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think London, I want to, London is, I know, 6'4", but uh, Dane Brugler's comparison to Traylon Burks is that he is a – He's a like a slot receiver, a, a, like a slot receiver that's built like a built like a linebacker. Yeah. So it depends, I guess, because let's let's face it, the Browns don't really have any real receiving talent, so they don't have a deep threat or an outside guy that can that can like go up and win contested balls and mm-hmm. um and, and like and and just out like out physical somebody. So either way, I think I think when you look at the four guys, when you look at Wilson, Williams, Burke, and London, they're all Burks and London, they're all kind of interchangeable. If you end up with any of those four guys, you're making your team much, much better than it was. You're making the receiving core much better than it was. So it's just it's, I guess it's probably just a matter of preference of what the front office is going to prioritize for its deep like it's deep ball route running or if it's physicality um, and, and just being able to just being able to like box out guys, move the six kind of stuff like that. Cause if that's the case then you probably look more London or Burks, but if you're looking at like deep threat, then it's, 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 it's Wilson. So it's kind of one, a one B one C one D in my opinion. I think, I do think Wilson or Williams is going to take a tad, a little bit of a hit because of the injury. I think he probably is going to go later first. But of those three receivers, of the other three receivers, I think if you end up with any of them, you're 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 making your receiving court that much better. Yeah, one thing you brought up with Garrett Wilson, and I think this is the thing that I, uh, even outside as you know, not being an Ohio State fan, it doesn't matter because you respect a player for just being a beast at football. He, one thing you said is it's route running, hands, and the ability to and speed. Mm-hmm. You don't have any like DPJ is a good is a is a good route runner. His hands aren't always there, and speed isn't 
isn't game breaking. You need a guy who's a difference maker. Like if you're going to draft a guy at 13th, you need a guy who is going to be mm-hmm. the guy, like 1,100 yards consistently, over 1,000 yards, over 100 receptions. Like that's what you want. I mean, look in a at guy. What, what Justin Jefferson did in the back. Like it doesn't like exactly. you don't. It doesn't have to be a top five guy to make a difference. Um, like Justin Jefferson was drafted after in the back end of the first round, and look at what he's done in his first two years. Yeah, but like what, like mentioning like what Garrett Wilson does in those skills, that's everything I want. Like, that's everything mm-hmm. I want from a wide receiver. I want Devontae Adams. Like, I want this guy to be yeah. the guy every single time he steps on the field where you have to worry and you have to be like, oh shit, what can he do? Like, Traylon Burks and uh, Drake London, I like the size and they have the speed there, but like, I want a guy also who's going to run a crisp route and who's going to, I know his hands are going to be there. And yes, like, I think if you have the ability to get Garrett Wilson and then maybe go after Mike Williams, because listening to Drake London, like seeing what Drake London could do, he reminds me a lot of what Mike Williams was. Um, Not Mike Williams that went to USC, the other, other, other Mike Williams that is on the Chargers. Um, The one of nine Mike Williams that have been in the NFL. Um, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that when there were two Roy Williams in the league, when one was a cornerback and one was a receiver. Yeah, like the eight Roy Williams, the eight Mike Williams that have been in it. Um, yeah. So, point. Garrett Wilson is listed on Ohio State's website as six feet one ninety two. Devontae Adams is listed as six one two fifteen. So obviously Garrett Wilson will need to put weight on because he is a skinny dude. Um, and so coming out of Ohio State, he'll need to put weight on, but. I mean, you're talking, and, and I believe Stephon Diggs is also listed at six feet. So, like, you're talking the same height, um, or right around the same height as those guys, whereas Drake London is 6'5", 210, and Trey uh, 6'3", Yeah, and he's a monster. Like, I, I saw that same thing where they said, like, this guy is, like, a linebacker playing receiver, which is which is cool, but at the same time, like, if I'm if I want a guy, I want a guy that's built like these number one guys, like I see in other mm-hmm. ones. And you can get like a you can get a big guy later in the draft, maybe in the third round, like a taller wide receiver, um, something that can be like that corner threat, that deep fade, uh, mm-hmm. at the end zone, like that kind of stuff. You can go after those guys. So um I don't think there's any question. If if I'll ask this, if there wasn't, if they don't go after wide receiver, which I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going after wide receiver. What position do you think they would go after? It's got to be an edge rusher. Either edge rusher or defensive tackle. But the problem is this defensive tackle class is very underwhelming. From yeah. like from things that I've read is like the inside tackles, this is a very underwhelming class. Um, and in Brugler's mock, he did a two-round. He has us taking um, – he had us taking Burks at 13 and then taking um, an ed, the ed rusher out of uh, USC, Drake, uh, I can't remember his last name, but uh, at 44. So I think it's going to be some combination of that. I've seen some people talk about taking Linderbaum if he's available at 13. And- I'd much rather. with I get, I get that Shredder may be on his way out, but, I mean, Nick Harris could be fine. He's he played, good. Nick Harris played well against the Packers. I'd much rather take a receiver at that spot. Yeah, and I agree. I think that that's – I think I think you could look – like if they 
I would love it because I think he's going to be fantastic. I think David Ajabo is going to be great. I, you don't need him at 13. Drake, and, Drake, Drake Jackson is, okay. is, was the guy out of USC. And I think that Ajabo is a reach at 13. I think he. there are teams. I've seen other that ones where he tough. goes early. Yeah. And I, I love him. Like, I think he's going to be fantastic wherever he goes. If you didn't go wide receiver, that's a guy I would like to see. But because you saw what he did at Michigan with another guy like Miles Garrett, like Aiden Hutchinson on one side takes that pressure away. He, he excelled. So, but I think we both agree it's going to be a wide receiver. If you had to make a pick, you're sitting there. Who are you taking? Which did any of them come off the board? The... So let's say, so obviously the Jets are going to take one. Let's just say they take Garrett Wilson because he's the ben, number one guy. Then give me first. I, I would agree just because of the injury. And I like hearing that a guy's a, uh, like a linebacker at wide receiver. But that mm-hmm. makes you – that's just something. But, but I mean, I'm 100% fine if, if somehow Garrett Wilson's still there. Oh, absolutely. Garrett Wilson's the guy I want. Like, I want Garrett Wilson. Wilson, Burks, London. Yeah. And then uh, it sucks for Jamison Williams. Like I think he was, I think he was going to be the number that first guy taken off. Tears his ACL. I mean, it happens, but he was going. I agree. I think he was going to be the first guy. I think the Jets probably would have taken him at the time because they still said exactly with what they want out of Elijah Moore. Yeah. So we'll see. Obviously, the draft is going to be. It's going to be an exciting year again after last year. It's really wasn't fun. Really it's fun for me, like personally, because like we the Browns aren't usually in the market for like skill players. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, like yeah, like taking a guy like Joel Batonio helps your team out for years to come. But it, it's selfishly, it's not fun to draft the left tackle. It's fun to draft a receiver or something like that. So this. If, if it goes this way, like this will be a more fun draft because I think they're going to take – I think that you could see the Browns go like receiver and rusher, receiver again, and then tight end. Like mm-hmm. I think you could see like what like offensive weapons being taken in the first round, third round, and then the fourth round maybe go like the second spot. So this could be a more fun draft that way just because you're, you may be looking more on the skill player side. Yeah, last time I can remember a wide receiver being taken was Corey Coleman. And that was network. horrible. Corey Coleman was after Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards was awesome for that one year. Oh, that whole class sucked, though. Like yeah. that whole wide receiver class was bad. Very bad. Um, so we'll move on. So we'll recap some of our picks and stuff like that. So we'll go through. So season predictions. Um, you had, you're the only one who is really alive. It's oh three. my my super my Super Bowl pick is alive and well, baby. Yes. Yeah, so you had Bills versus Packers. Bills, Packers. You had three out of your four teams because you had Bills, Browns, Packers, Rams. So you're still nice. good there. Um, I'm also still good. I had Bills, Browns, Rams, Bucks. Um, your brother had Rams, Packers, and then he had Ravens, Chiefs. So and well, then he had the Ravens like- winning. Well, he's got three out of he's got three out of four, but yeah, that that Ravens Super Bowl pick is yeah. 
he had Ravens going to the Super Bowl and playing the Rams and losing to the Rams. I also had the Rams winning the Super Bowl against the Bills, and you have the, I Packers. Have the Packers over the Bills. Yours looks the best right now. Um, so uh, that would be Packers Bills would be a very fun Super Bowl. It would be a very good Super Bowl. I would enjoy that a lot, actually. Um, and then going to our midseason predictions for the playoffs. Um, oh, how do we have? that my brother's Colts just completely choked when it mattered. How right. have we not talked about yes. that yet? See how he's not here for that? Yeah. Yeah. When... yeah, no wonder he's not on this. His, 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 his Colts, who all he did was talk about the Colts, they absolutely choked. That's the worst loss in franchise history. That may have been one of the worst losses of all time. Yeah, to <laughs> – it's uh, we didn't hear anything from him. He didn't text us. He didn't send the gif of – the, the horse humping the air like he usually does when when they do well. I really thought, I was like, damn, they're going to make the playoffs. This is going to suck because he called it. And they completely blew it, like, in a way that has never really been seen before. Like, that was a guaranteed win. I was reading. I went on, like, I was interested to see. So, like, I was going on, um, I went on, like, the Colt SB Nation Twitter page, and, like, I was reading some some like of the Colts, like the writers and stuff, and just the dejection of every single tweet that they put out because that game was over in the second quarter. Yeah. And what's crazy too is like everybody all year was like, well, look at what Carson Wentz has done. Carson mm-hmm. Wentz hasn't been terrible. The guy that I talked about on Twitter, he even said, like, would you take Carson Wentz's season? It's like, yeah, I would have up until the last game when he sucked ass and blew the game for his team when it mattered most. Like, you can say what you want about Baker, but he's never just completely shit the bed when it exactly mattered most and cost you the playoffs. Like right then and there just cost this team the playoffs because he played like ass. So yeah, we won that. We'll say that we won the fact that we called it the Colts suck um, and they didn't make the playoffs. So and then, and then, and then he'll, he'll tell me that the Eagles were a bad team. Hey, made making the playoffs. the playoffs better than missing the playoffs. Yep, you can you play who you play. You can only play who you exactly. play. Um, exactly. So you and I did pretty well with predicting overall. Like when we did the halfway point, like predicting everything, we both had the Titans with the number one seed. Um, you actually did phenomenal outside of you had the Ravens and Chargers in, um, and I had the Chargers and I had the Chargers, Browns, and Ravens in. Um, and then your brother just had Chargers, Colts, Ravens, and then the Bills. He had a weird order. Um, but as far as AFC or NFC goes, again, you and I both had the Packers. His was like a hodgepodge. But we did fairly well as far as like predicting everything. Going back to season predictions, the only thing that we really all missed on was the Seahawks. The, uh, yeah. the Seahawks we all whiffed on. Um of us had obviously none of us had the Bengals winning the North. No, we all had the Bengals out of the playoffs. Um, and then you and I both had the Titans winning. We both had we all had the Bucks winning, Packers. Um, we all had the Bills. So really, I mean, prediction-wise, we were all pretty dead on outside of a couple things here and there. I still, like I said, I still think you had the best odds of winning, like overall who's going to win the Super Bowl I think the Packers are the good pick 
Who knows? They might blow it. I don't know, but I don't see it because I just think the defense is good. But, but I mean, the Bills are Bills are playing really well too, though. Yeah, and that could be a uh, Josh Allen getting hot at the right time, which is all he needs to do. And two, I mean, they're the defense is really good. There's something about the Bills in the Super Bowl, though. That's true too. And two, I think the Bills, from a Browns perspective, is the team you kind of root for because Buffalo and Cleveland are the Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I saw people talk about like, oh, well, why would we back the Bengals because they're in our like they're in our they're in the state of like it's Ohio pride and. And like we're not in, so we should like no, that's not how it fucking works. No, that's not how it works. The whole it's the same way of like like I joke and I've done it before, but like, oh, if Ohio if Ohio State's not in, I yeah, root I for the Big Ten for, team. I, I wasn't rooting for Michigan to win the championship. It's it's all so dumb, especially when Cincinnati hates Cleveland. Like there is a genuine rivalry between the two cities of like the city of Cincinnati hating Cleveland, which if you've been to the city of Cincinnati, Cincinnati sucks. Like there is oh, yeah. nothing. Even Joe Burrow said it in his one interview. They asked him, like, how are you going to avoid going to COVID? He's like, well, you know, it's Cincinnati. There's not really many places to go out. Like, yeah, Cincinnati sucks. It's Kentucky. So it's not a great city. So we're not going to root for it in any way. Like I yeah, saw that too. And I was just, like, it, no, we're not rooting for Cincinnati. So the Bills are the team I would like to win, obviously. Um, so we'll see what happens. But most important thing that we have to talk about is our season predictions as far as our weekly picks. So our weekly picks. So it came down to the final week, like we said, um, as far as making the picks and who was going to win. In the last week of the season, I went three and one. Chris went two and two. And Sean, you went one and three. So our final standings were, Sean, you were 35 and 33. Chris was 36 and 32. And I was 30, 37, 30, and one. We all had pretty good seasons in terms of like prediction wise, like all winning records, pretty decent. So my push helped me. That's really what it was. That push helped me a ton. Oh, you still ended up with one more. You still ended up with 37. Yeah. Yeah, but it felt good. I mean, it was pretty good. I like I said, we all did fairly well. Um, once we got like the predictions down of how we were going to do everything and everything like that, so I am the champion. Uh, we didn't do any bet of any sorts, which we should have. I thought about it like halfway through. I was like, we should have done a bet, but halfway through, it wouldn't have made any sense to do so. Um, but yeah, so that is that is everything. That is the last episode. Sean, I want to thank you for doing this. I know I kind of came to you not before the season started because obviously we did like three weeks in the preseason. Um, but I just want to thank you for doing this. Um, I did have fun. Hey, when I sign on when I sign on for a podcast, I don't quit unless I'm forced out and no longer the host. <laughs> unless you kick me off, I'm not leaving. Um I had fun. Like it was fun to like talk about the games every single week. I would like to do it again next year. Um, next year, I think obviously Chris will likely be on for the full season. Um, things should calm down for him by then. And when things calm down for him, they'll get fucking crazy for me. So, but I'm, I've already done this one time before, so it won't be, I got to kind of you're prepared, right? Yeah. I'm prepared a little bit. I got this little figured out for a first time where it's, it's fucking rough. 
Um, so we'll do it again next year. Uh, for anybody that has listened, you know, I get, I see the stats and everything. Yeah. We weren't like, I wasn't super promoting it towards the end of the season and everything, but over almost, I mean, if everything goes normal with this one, we'll have over 300 listens total for the season. Um, averaged about, I want to say about 15, 15 listens. I mean, people are going to laugh and say, it's not that many. Hey, it's more than zero when all the other podcasts that me and Chris used to do would have like two people listening and it was me and him and like four Somali pirates that would listen. Um, but I thank everybody for listening. Anybody that told anybody about it, we'll be back next year. We'll see what happens. Hopefully things go well. If something crazy happens, maybe we'll do like an emergency podcast for like 10 minutes, something insane. Maybe a, maybe a draft. We'll, we'll maybe do a draft, like our yeah. draft shop. Um, or if like a massive trade comes through or something like that. So we'll see. But if not, we will be back next season. Again, as I always say, if you listened, thank you so much. If you listened to any episode, even for five minutes, or you pressed play and then never listened again, and you just gave us a fake listen, I appreciate you. If you didn't listen. Hey, fake, fake listens are real. Listen yeah, it counts as dollars and cents. Um, if you didn't listen, screw you. I hate you. Um, and you didn't hit this anyways. So one final time, as always, go Browns. Later.